0: Srilaavrudev ki jai Sriman Mahaprabhu ki Shri Hadinam ki jai Shri Navaduddhaam ki gor Navadu Gaur Bhaktavinda ki jai Gaur Pramam Hari Haribo <coughs> So, Pranam to all of you from Navaduddham This time we have the Fortune of in sheltered in Sriman Mahaprabhu's abode from some days on so I feel very grateful and blessed by having the chance of being here and by sharing with all of you for sure another Easter Q&A session so <clears throat> as usual we are invited to present any questions you may have whether via written text in the chat or raising your hand in Zoom or sharing some written message here on YouTube Live or mentioning that you have a question and you can unmute yourself so meanwhile there are some questions already uh, one that I see here that <clears throat> Rasa sent and also two other questions that were sent to me uh, I think today and yesterday so at least we have three so we will begin with those three and let's see if we have time for, for more. Mm-hmm. So I will begin with the one that was sent first, which was uh, a question by Suki Krishna Prabhu from the UK, who was not able to connect life, so he sent a written question about chastity to the Guru. Mm-hmm. So he read some some articles, some words by... Sripad Bhakti Gauram Narasimha Maharaj so he shared those words with me, I will do it with you as well, brief words, and then comes a question so Narasimha Maharaj says some people have the idea that if we worship our Guru Varga, our original Guru is lost he is never lost our original Guru always remains in our heart and is never lost but we may find His grace and guidance in many places. That is our supreme fortune. Many give a challenge that you are not chaste to your Guru. My response is, no, you are not chaste. You are only looking at the form, not in the substance. Chastity to Guru means chastity to the principle of Guru, not to the form. Chastity to Guru means strict adherence to the principle of Vaishnavism of Guru Tattva, not to the shape or form of the Guru. So that's a quote, <clears throat> and the question that comes is, can you give further explanation of this statement and some practical example where chastity to the form of the Guru will be inferior to chastity to the principle of the Guru? So, Guru Tattva <laughs>
1: um
0: yeah this is a very classical important topic that Sukhi Krishna is probably asking here and Sripad Narasimha is speaking about here chastity to Sri Guru what's, what does it mean in, in practice how to properly conceive you know, these these terms because the term may be there loyalty chastity fidelity surrender I mean we have a whole glossary of terms <laughs> but how we are interpreting them and how we are applying them in practice in consideration with that same principle in other cases no? for example how I'm, 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 I am being chased to my guru in my relationship with others who are trying to be chased with, with their gurus so how my chastity to my guru does not downplays or overrides Another one's chastity to their guru, so that's an important question because Guru Tattva is uh, very complex. Mm-hmm. It's it's complex. It's not so easy as we may think. Actually, it is said by but most of our acharyas, Guru Tattva is the most difficult tattva to ascertain. So, if you misunderstand Guru Tattva, that may create lots of difficulties. And if you properly address Guru Tattva that may open the door to all the, to all the doors that have to be opened, basically. Yes. <laughs> so, it's very crucial for us to have a very, very comprehensive, mature, uh, Saragrahi-like, essence-like understanding of Guru Tattva because if that's not there, that really can uh, damage our whole devotional enterprise. Our whole devotional project may go even to ruin if we do not properly embrace this principle. We know this is one of the uh, Naamu we have to avoid, which is almost stated twice in the famous list of ten. The first one and the third one is almost the same, but just in case, to, say it twice. Do not offend the Sadhu and do not offend the Guru, which the two may be... Connected intimately, maybe synonymous to one point, but the necessity is there to be emphasized. So, so what's the idea here? Hmm? Guru as an individual and Guru as a principle. Vyasti Guru, Samasti Guru, basically. Vyasti Guru refers to the person, to the localized representative of the agency of Guru Tattva, which may take the form of our own Diksha Guru or Siksha Guru, whoever. And then we have the Samasthi Guru, the conglomerate, if you will, or as my Guru Maharaj would like to call, the macrocosmic expression of Guru Tattva. We have the microcosmic, the localized individual expression of Guru Tattva, and the macrocosmic universal uh, conglomerate form of Guru Tattva. In other words, the idea is that any single Guru, bona fide, genuine Guru, and we will speak about that also, uh, is basically representing the whole agency. The whole agency is being properly represented by one particular individual. So that individual is to be honored accordingly accordingly to what to how transparent of a medium he or she is in connection to that agency which actually is non different ultimately from Bhagavan himself. Sakshat Guru Tattva in one sense is a form of Vishnu Tattva well, if you will, is Bhagavan himself extending his grace through a particular expression in the form of devotion to himself. And, and reaching us through the agents of Guru. Mm. So, basically that's the the very basic idea of Guru Tattva. Mm. So the point here, or the or the quote of Sri Padnara Maharaj is, some people may think, if you worship the Guru Bhargava, if you go, uh, I don't know, beyond, not beyond, that's not the word, but if you get inspiration from someone else apart from your Guru, mm. <laughs> your guru will be lost. You know? I never heard that particular idea, but for sure that must, must be a given if, if it is analyzed here. But of course, some variations of that are there, which basically say that Amar Guru, Jagat Guru. That this, the saying goes. You know? My guru is guru for the, the whole universe. So everyone should take shelter in, in him, in her, whoever, in my guru. In, in this type of statements, the most important word is my, not guru. <laughs> my guru is the best. The, the main emphasis there is in my, it's an, it's, it's, an, it's an ego statement. My guru is the best. And the implication, of course, is I am the best. That's the underlying subconscious notion. My guru is the topmost most mahabhagavat uttam Uttum Adhikari on the planet Therefore, everyone should take shelter in him alone. And since I am his disciple, well, (laughs) you can conclude about the rest of the sentence. (laughs) But this is not correct. The very fact of speaking in terms of guru, only as individuals, only as Vyasti, without considering the samasti principle, without considering the plurality of gurus existing uh, around us, is offensive. Basically, it's it's a downplaying of the whole conception of Guru Tattva. If you say there's only one Guru, it means, as my Guru Master would say, if you think about in terms of only one Guru, it means you do not even have one Guru. Hmm. Because you have not understood what your Guru wants to give you, Hmm. which are the gifts he wants to convey, which open the door to so many other Gurus to so many other personalities. Like Sri Das Goswami says, "Nam Shrestham Manuma Chiputram and so on, this famous shloka, where he lists all of some of the, of the gifts, gifts, the Sri Guru is given to the disciple. And there is including so many other personalities. Sri Raghunadas is praying to his Guru and thanking him for giving him Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami and so many other personalities. So, the point is that if you really connect to one Guru, you actually will be connected to a whole myriad, a whole uh, parade of stalwarts, personalities, Guru Parampara, Guru Varga. If you think in terms of one Guru, again, that means you have not properly grasped the very foundations of Guru Tattva yet. To make this point clear, Sri Krishna Kaviraj starts the very first two words of his Chaitanya Charitamrita, put in context the whole treatise. Hmm. Chaitanya Charitamrita is about God acting as Guru, basically. Hmm. Krishna as Mahaprabhu. Krishna in his Acharya Lila. Hmm. There is a lot of Guru Tatva in Chaitanya Charitamrita. The, the, the concept of Guru is really present there. So, how this treatise begins, which are the very two words of the treatise, Bande Gurun, not Bande Guru Sri Chara which is a singular way of addressing my Gurudev. But Bande Gurun means, I offer my bandanam, my pranam, to all my gurus, to the spiritual masters, in plural. So right at the very onset of, the, of this most important treatise for us Gaudis, the principle of plurality of gurus is established. So we are to think in terms of plurality of gurus. Of course, this should not be done in, the, in, in, in a way that uh, confuses us or dilutes our attention, because sometimes also we hear this type of claims that actually can become an excuse not to take shelter in the parampara, saying, "Oh, I don't want just to limit myself to one guru, so that's why I'm not accepting initiation, basically. I want to, to have so many gurus. <laughs> so, but the, that type of idea actually shows you do not understand what does it mean to take shelter in one guru. No, it's not limited to that particular person. It may seem so in the beginning, and we may need to, to concentrate in one single personality in the beginning. But eventually we will realize that person is not alone. That person is not only having his own Guru, Diksha Guru and Siksha Gurus and God brothers and God sisters and gifting me with so many God brothers and God sisters to myself, but also that person, Sri Guru, eventually will be advanced and realize he's, he's established in a particular, in, 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 at least in some cases, in a particular position in the Lila and so many other personalities are with him and he wants to connect me with them. So so many other further gurus are there. You know, both in Sri Guru's presentation as a Sadhaka, as well as his presentation as a Siddha.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the
0: Srimad Bhagavatam itself mentioned this point over and over again. I am a which means the Absolute Truth is Absolute. Therefore, there is no possibility of one single Guru being able to fully convey all that the Absolute is about. Therefore, more than one Guru is necessary to gain uh, comprehensive knowledge about the Absolute. The Bhagavatam is saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just repeating. <laughs> so, again this principle is there from day one. So, by honoring, properly honoring our Pārampara, Guru is not lost. We have been speaking about this from different aspects. So, here is some question that Suki Krishna has mentioned. You know, as a practical example where chastity to the form of the Guru will be inferior to chastity to the principle of the Guru. Well, many, many examples. One, one typical one is to say, my Guru said this... And, and you may say, well, but your guru is not independent from his guru and the whole paramparā. So you have to see what your guru is saying in the light of the original Gaudiya Siddhanta. To give a classical, practical example, at times Sīla Prabhupāda says we say we fall from Golopan down. So you may, in the name of being chased to Prabhupāda, just basically embrace that teaching. But what happens if eventually you realize The Goswamis are not saying that. The Gaudiya Siddhanta is not that we fall from Golok. What will you do? In the name of being chased to Prabhupada, you will reject the six Goswamis? That's a a practical example of chastity to one guru, to the form of the guru, if you will, by, in one sense, rejecting the principle of the guru, the plurality of gurus, that is, uh, giving validation to the present Acharyas. So we shouldn't engage in that way. We should try to harmonize whatever apparent discrepancies Mm -hmm. are there. So that's one example. And of course, many in that same line. My Guru said this, my Guru said that when engaging in Gaudiya debate, for example, many devotees are not properly trained or prepared for that. And with this, I'm not only meaning philosophically Educated, but they sometimes they do not even know the proper sequence of how to address a particular Siddhantic point. and, and basically their, their main claim is my Gurudev say this my Gurudev say this and, and that's the all in all I don't care basically they're saying in many cases I don't care for who whatever anyone else is saying my Gurudev say this <laughs> but I can say to him oh, my Gurudev say this and you say oh, my Gurudev say this and we can for eternity just say my Gurudev say this so we should find some consensual uh, scriptural canon, common point, where all of us Gaudias can agree and take as a reference whenever we are discussing a particular topic instead of just being chased, if you will, to our guru. <laughs> mm. So chastity is not necessarily chastity. It's generally, the ones who make lip service to the notion of chastity, shouting about that, are the ones who understand that the, the less. Mm. And one thing is chastity, as my Guru Maharaj will say. Another thing is purity. So chastity is more like a mechanical forced uh, attempt to remain faithful, if you will, while purity has to do with a more, much more substantial understanding of the real intention of, of the parampara of Guru tattva, and aligning oneself with that. So, so again, chastity to the Guru doesn't mean just in the name of praising my Guru Dev for example, that can happen also. In the name of glorifying my Gurudev, I'm uh, downplaying others, perso- other personalities. Hmm. But also, that doesn't mean, for example, what I say before. If I say, well, I, find, I have found that Trilla Prabhupada say we fall from Golok, and I have found that he say that we don't fall from Golok. So the fact that I am saying that, which is an objective fact I have met in my studies doesn't mean that I am downplaying him by saying that or even by suggesting he may have presented the preaching strategy Jai Brighupad Prabhu Pranam waiting for you here in Bengal. don't forget that (laughs) Um, so it's not a downplaying it's not a downplaying it's not a relativizing or a a discouraging of of faith for those who want to be chased to that person because to be or to be pure, to be faithful implies to have faith. And to have faith in the Acharya means to nourish our faith, to make our faith mature in the context of Shastra, to acquire Shastriya Shraddha. Mm-hmm. So Shastriya Shraddha is to be developed through Shastra. So if I quote in Shastra, our faith is disturbed, as I always say, which type of faith do we have? Which type of faith do, you, do we want to have? You follow if you tell me, no, no, my Guru says we fall from Golok, And I say, by Shastra, say we don't fall. And you say, you are disturbing my faith by, by quoting Shastra. <laughs> and I will say, I mean, the purpose of Shastra is not to disturb your faith, but to nourish your faith. The point is how much you are allowing yourself to be nourished by the quoting of Shastra. Or how much do you just want to remain in a complacent zone, not allowing yourself to think outside the box not allowing yourself to enter into the realm of paradox and just want to remain basically a a zealot, a fundamentalist so real chastity to the Guru again means basically follow the essence, not following the, the form and the form again means, the form may be there, Bapu physical presence of Sri Guru and we will honor that and we will serve that but not over-absolutizing that to the point of uh, dismissing all the other personalities who are, who are giving sense are, are giving context to the presence of that particular guru in my life and so we should be very careful about not not engaging in vaishnava that's very that's very easy nowadays unfortunately I would say unfortunately sometimes there has been some form of subconscious culture of vaishnava Parava with something that is not in my mood, in my circle, in my lineage, uh, maybe quickly or cheaply seen as Sahaja, uh, Aparadi, Deviant. That happens sometimes. I've heard about it, unfortunately, expressing in those terms. Without knowing who the person is, but just because he or she is affiliated with a certain lineage which is not mine, Something wrong must be there. Well, that's not necessarily the case. I and mean, in every single group, something wrong is going on always. Not in the individuals necessarily, but in the groups themselves, missions, communities, there is always some some deviation going on for sure. We are not in Golok Brendalan. <laughs> so we wish we should be able to separate these facts.
1: Hmm?
0: And, and and yeah, and properly honor the principle of Guru and it's universal. Expression and of course as well as in, in the individual one both are equally important, I would say it's not that I only, I'm only i only concentrating in honoring the samasti Guru so therefore I don't care for the individuals it's not like this but also it's not that I over-concentrate in, in one single individual to the point of stop considering other ones so again, we, we may begin with one but in time we will have to expand our uh, angle of vision.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My Guru Mahesh told me that one god sister of him asked him some years back, I don't understand how you can have two gurus mm-hmm. because he had Prabhupada and Sila Siddharmash. And, and he laughed you know, because he basically said, like the implication was, how you can have another guru apart from Sila Prabhupada. And basically he said, Well, Sila Prabhupada himself had two gurus. <laughs> Upad Bhakti Siddhanta and Srila Siddha Maharaj is his Siksha Guru and Srila Prabhupada Siksha Guru, Sila Siddha Maharaj happened to be the Siksha Guru of my Guru Maharaj, so I don't think that should be a problem. <laughs> so Srila Puri Maharaj says, if you think that's a problem, then you have a problem. <laughs> so some ideas in, in, in this connection. If you want to go deeper into that, Sukhi Krishna Prabhu, I will recommend, of course, many things, but one that comes to mind immediately, just by invoking the name of Srila Siddha Maharaj, of course, is to study his wonderful series of conversations, compiled and called Sri Guru and His Grace. Mm. Very, very substantial material concerning Guru Tattva. So, let's go to Namrasa's question. I have one more question from the list, but we will switch a little bit. And I see there is one more from uh, Greg. So let's see. namras is asking, uh, how to get proper and effective Sadhu Sangha in 2021, in this year, these times, when everything is almost virtual? Can virtual Sadhu Sangha fully replace uh, personal Sadhu Sangha? does the efficacy diminish virtually (laughs) Uh, okay so yeah this is a question that sometimes has been presented Um, I think you you yourself have made not not the same question for sure but a similar one some months back I think so in in one Facebook thread if I'm not mistaken and I share with you some link to an article by she Bhakti Pratyankes Maharaj called Shastriya Sadhu Sangha. So it seems it's, it is a concern for you. And it is, it is a healthy one, so it's important because it should be a concern for all of us in the sense that shows some preoccupation with the present dynamics of the world and, and all that it may create in the name of uh, mm, like diluting our experience of possibility of sadhusanga. so I I, I wouldn't necessarily reply of course in black and white terms saying yes, no because so many things can be said that that are happening because of this on one side one one could say you are not able to meet Vaishnava so often in person but also you could say due to the COVID dynamics if you want so many more online Harikata and Sadhu Sangha has been available more than ever before. At least that's my experience in our particular Sangha, and I don't think that's, that is the exception to the rule. So in one sense, one could say there is much more availability for hearing Harikata, and in the other sense, of course, one could say yes, but the in-person experience is it's not that available, so again, it's not black and white <laughs> so I think we should see both sides of the spectrum uh, also I will say that um, as we also spoke about this is a very particular time for us to appreciate the possibility of in-person Saru Sangha because sometimes when we have or we had that chance we didn't take full advantage because we took for granted, well, I can go another day, he's living just nearby, the program is every week, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we kind of procrastinated and, 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 and not gave ourselves fully, didn't invest ourselves fully in the experience of in person sadhusanga. So now we are thrown into a pool of, of, of separation, if you will. <laughs> so that can make our heart grow fonder hopefully, and, and, and make us increase our longing for for that, to value in the distance. No? The distance always, I always give this example that my Guru Maharaj also gives, of detachment. No? Detachment means not becoming different by taking a distance from something and learning to see that something from the distance and seeing things that you were not able to see when you were not in that distance. No? Like if I put my hand... Too close to my eye. I cannot see my hand any longer. It's too close. <laughs> I lose sight, if, if you will, of what the hand is. I forgot. I forget that I have a hand, basically. <laughs> but when I put it on, on a particular perspective, oh, I can see the hand, it's not that far that I, I lose sight of it, but it's not so close that I, 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 lose, I lose sight of it. <laughs> too far, too close, I lose sight of it. So similarly, one could say these particular world dynamics are creating some distancing that we can appreciate from that perspective those things that sometimes were too close that we got accustomed to that no? that it it became part of ordinary life basically daily life we have that potential of making extraordinary daily aspects of our life to make them ordinary by getting just accustomed like swallowing like a mechanical thing okay yeah this is this this, this this that and, and and of course, sadhusanga is not that. Sadhusanga is not a social convention. Sadhusanga is not a I don't know something that I have to do once a week or something like this, like putting my card in the in the in the work, my job. But it's something crucial. That is something that that I really need to invest myself fully, hundred percent, from tip to toe. So, I think that these present world dynamics are a good good moment for us to really be introspective and ask ourselves how to reapproach Sadhu Sangha, how I was approaching Sadhu Sangha before all this and how I would like to do that eventually if the world dynamics becomes normalized, if that happens at all (laughs) and if that doesn't happen at all, all, still all of us have chance for in-person Sadhu Sangha, I don't think that it's totally impossible, so that's also another way of saying that now we have some obstacles, quote-unquote, that are, make, are making our in-person sadhu more difficult than before. So we have the choice. Do I use that as an excuse and I may play the victim? so no, I cannot go to the temple because of this or that. Or I nourish from the obstacles and I make those obstacles, make my longing increase, and then pursue that sadhu as usual, as before, or even more. Because that's it. When, when there's proper longing, the obstacles are just increasing the quality of our approach, basically. Like what, in everything in life. I mean, proper obstacles. If you are properly situated, strictly speaking, there are no obstacles, but they are just udipanas, uh, I will say, like stimulants, like triggers for increasing our approach to where we are going. Like when the Gopis or, or the Goswamis are in separation of Krishna, so many obstacles on the way are coming, but all those obstacles are just throwing fuel fire to the fire of their longing. So in the same way, we could say COVID as an obstacle, but it's an obstacle that comes to nourish our longing and to make us to, to put at us in a particular test, no under test like to see ourselves and say, okay, let's see how do I I mean, how do I conduct myself? I'm being put to test. I have two options here. I can play the victim. I use this COVID dynamics as an excuse, huh? or I can use this as the perfect reason to nourish my longing. And despite the so-called obstacles, I want to show myself, to show my guru Dev, to show my istadev, how much I, I cherish this. So I don't care. There are obstacles. I will. I will go to the temple. I will. Cherish sadhu sangha, and if there are obstacles, there should never be an excuse. I mean, we should never think something is an obstacle to my sadhu sangha. We should and, and, and act accordingly. Oh, it's an obstacle, so my sadhu sangha became diluted. No. If something is in connection to the object of my longing, whatever comes in the way of that is there to increase my longing. That should be our conclusion. I mean, we should have certain. Objects of longing, if you will, certain goals in life that we know we want to increase our attachment in that direction, our love in that direction, our affectionate disposition in that direction. If and of course, if you say that, if you say that, and you pray for that, <laughs> be sure the tests will come, not to 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 make you leave that conviction, but to really nourish that. So that this will be an example for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Again, with this, I'm not saying COVID-19 and, and let forever rem- this dynamics remain on Earth. But, I mean, it may happen. And if that doesn't happen, some other obstacles will be there for sure. Don't forget that we are not in the lockdown, So that's my point. Now we, we may be, I'm not saying you're doing that, but we may be just complaining, oh, because of COVID, I cannot do this. But before COVID, we have some other work to, to complete in that part. Because of my job, I cannot do this. Because of this, I cannot do... Now it's COVID. Now it's the perfect excuse not to do all the things that we know we should do. (laughs) But even after COVID is solved, something else may happen. Something else will happen for sure. But again, that something else is not there to be made an excuse for us. It's there to really increase our longing. So again, the same thing can be made an excuse... Or the same thing can be igniting our passionate pursuit. It's about us. What do we choose? It's about how we invest our agency, how sincere we are, basically. Mm -hmm. So, in that sense, I will say. Meanwhile, again, we should. Before replying, if if virtual meetings diminish this impact and so on, I will make the point that try to make them as person, as in person as possible. Because again, there is lots in virtual, great, but again, yes, there is some difference in direct sadhu sangha. so As much as you can, try to use these obstacles as udipanas, as stimulants. As much as you have to resort to virtual meetings, if you are sincerely invested again in your own authenticity, efficacy won't be diminished at all, at all. Because, again, Sadhu Sangha is not a physical affair. It's not just getting two bodies together and, and that warranties Sadhu Sangha. I mean, Sadhu Sangha doesn't mean just two bodies next to, the, to each other and we got the picture, Sadhu Sangha Kijaya. Sometimes we may do that, no? And we are 51 in the picture. And it's nice, of course, to hold the bo- But the picture is not enough. No? The group picture is nice. We upload that and many likes are there. <laughs> But that's, that's not the, the, the gist of the whole thing. I know that many of these group pictures of one event, and, and in the background of that, there is so much conflict between so many of the members of the pictures who are on one extreme and the other. <laughs> or, or whatever. No? Not to, to, to ruin the picture, but to mean... I mean, Sadhu a picture is not enough, basically. Physical proximity is not enough. Sadhu is not about phys- physical proximity. It's about getting together in the context of Anugatya. Mm -hmm. Srila Prabhupada made that very clear when he says, when he translates Bhagavad Gita 4.34, Pariprasnena, Pranipatena, sorry, he translates Pranipat, not as surrender to the Guru, but as, as, as approach your Guru. Like implying, real proximity is in terms of dedication, not just running and being there with him close. I mean, Ramachandra Puri, was close to his guru, Madhavendra Puri, on, in his, next to him in his neck, in, the, in his deathbed. Now, generally, you hear these narrations so of the disciple was next to his guru in the deathbed. You may feel, wow, you cannot get as intimate as that. But what happened with Ramachandra Puri? He was totally rejected by, by his guru. He was suggesting his guru when Madhavendra Puri was saying, Ajidina kadavalokeshe when he was praying in Radhabab in separation from Krishna and so on, this famous prayer that Mahaprabhu liked so much, he was expressing these highest feelings that actually represent like the, 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 the seed that then Mahaprabhu exemplified. Ramachandra Puri didn't grasp at all what was going on. And he said, Oh Guru Dev, you are suffering so much. Stop suffering, just concentrate on Brahman. And, ...and stop suffering...
1: Mm.
0: ...Nasochati, Nakanchati... Mm. So ...become equipoised... ...and do not more lamentation... ...and Madhavendra said... ...get out of here... ...I don't want to hear your face... ...do not spoil... <laughs> ...this last moment of mine... <laughs> ...so he was physically next to him... ...in his deathbed... ...but he was not... ...there was not Sadhu Sangha... ...for him... Mm. ...so the point is... ...if you are... ...if we are properly situated... Uh, internally we are having sadhusanga, even if that's virtual. So many disciples of Srila Prabhupada never met Srila Prabhupada personally, even once. So you will think, oh, there were less disciples of Prabhupada because he, they didn't have physical proximity. No, not at all. <laughs> In this Srila Prabhupada himself, how, how much time was he with Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta? If you put all the hours together, it's a few days maximum. And that doesn't mean he was less of a disciple. You can see the Falina of You can judge the, judge the tree by its fruit. So again, and he didn't have virtual connection even. It was just whenever he was able to meet him, some letters here and there. So it's all about, it's not so much about let's see if virtual connection, which is the percentage of less impact in Sadhu Sangha by virtual connection than by physical. No. You can be fully invested yourself in this particular virtual talk and receiving all the benefits of Sadhu Sangha. You can be totally absent from a physical uh, situation with a great Sadhu that is willing to give his, her Sadhu Sangha to you, but you are not willing to do that. So, again, all of that is about our inner internal stand. So some ideas from different angles regarding how to deal with the present war dynamics and Sadhu Sangha and how to take advantage of, of COVID and so on as we always say instead of speaking about in terms of coronavirus we should say coronavirus. virus virus it is there to spread some special type of mercy so it's up to us if we are willing to to receive that or not so thank, thanks for, you, for your question. I'll go to the next question that was sent some days back and then I will go to Greg's inquiry. So there is one question from Balaram Prabhu from New Zealand that, oh, I see he's connected if if we are speaking, if he's the same Balaram that I think of. So thank you for doing your sacrifice there in New Zealand. I don't know what time is it but I know know it's a weird time so you are still connected. (laughs) Thank you. So the question he made is says, lots of kirtan here in the background just in case, can you please talk about the idea of spiritual bypassing and that devotees or any spiritual practitioners for that matter are avoiding addressing issues of this world, be it environmental, political or social issues. I have heard from a wise sadhu that for devotees, we understand that rather than seeing this world as being full of problems, this world is the problem. Can you please share some thoughts on how to properly apply these ideas? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Some, some days ago, I think two weeks ago or something, we, I remember this same topic somehow was addressed in, in the Spanish Q&A when Kali Yoga Pavan Prabhu from Colombia asked about which is a Gaudiya, if you will, stand, stance on social activism. And so I I, I, won't, I won't try to repeat myself, but of course some common points are, are there. So, of course, the, the very idea of spiritual bypassing is not limited to, to the rest of the question, but I think that the question in itself is pointing to that particular form of spiritual bypassing, so I will basically connect, focus in that direction, uh, in, the, in the sense of sadhakas, who are avoiding addressing issues of this world. So this is very relative, because it will depend a lot of who we are speaking about, which is uh, the adhikar of each sadaka. Uh, only by ascertaining one's adhikar, we can know how to proceed. Hmm. The Bhagavat
1: says,
0: <speaking> In the words of Sila Thakur no, he translates this verse saying, to be, to be able to ascertain one's own adhikar, that's real beauty. Hmm. The Bhagavatam says, that's real virtue but that's another way of saying it so if you are capable to 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 establish to acknowledge to ascertain basically where you are at adhikar means adhikar Kara means to do and adi means like like till here so adhikar means this is my limit i can do till here basically to to recognize your your limits basically your present limits in the context of course of embracing your potential, embracing all that is coming for you to upgrade yourself according to your potential, for sure. But also to acknowledge where I am at now. So I'm saying this why? because you are asking about addressing issues in this world like environment issues, politics, social issues. But the point is, according to your Adhikar, you may need to do those things or you may not need to do those things so in some cases that may be uh, a type of a form of bypassing a form of avoidance and in other cases it may be just a necessary thing to do <laughs> for you to to render a better service hmm? and, and naturally you won't be interested in those so so there are different degrees of this this is not just like one size fits all hmm? So yes, the example you have given that actually comes from from my Guru Maharaj is sometimes people will speak in terms of the world. There are so many problems in the world such as the ones you mentioned, environmental, social, political issues and whatnot. Long list. But from another perspective, there are no problems in the world, but the world is a problem. Not in the spirit of... uh, rejecting the world mm-hmm. and saying oh, this world is maya everything is bad here we are to reject this because that's not the Godi stance a devotee aspires to attain perfection in bhakti by becoming not too attached and not too detached having the proper middle path stance to deal with matter in a successful way basically so, but the world is a problem in the sense of the world is a riddle to be solved, basically. The world is a puzzle to be deciphered, if you will, whatever the the, the, the example you want to give. In that sense, it's a problem. It is a problem for us, sti- yet. Still is a problem for us. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> in ultimately, the world is not a problem. The problem is in us. Yeah. So... It's not that we are blaming planet Earth or or anyone outside of us. And even we shouldn't blame ourselves in the sense of blame and, and guilt and shame. But we should take healthy responsibility according to the type of vision we choose to maintain. The angle of vision we still keep in ourselves. Because that's the lens that will take us to see the world in a particular way or another. And as we see As Mahaprabhu gave the example, the potential is that you can see everything in this world as a reminder of Krishna Lila. Everything in this world can speak to you about your positive culture of devotion. Mm -hmm. Whenever he saw an extension of water, he thought in terms of the Jamuna. Whenever he saw a little tract of land, he thought about Govardhan. Whenever he saw a tree or a blade of grass he paid his respects by finding Guru Tattu there so that's there, again the water is there, the land is there the trees, the grass is there <laughs> the question is, are we seeing Govardhan, Jamuna and Guru <laughs> or what are we seeing so of course the conclusion is the adjustment is internal oops, can you hear me? Interestingly, the, the light went off, yeah, but, yeah. but internet is still there, so what to do? Uh, l- let me look for a, a little wi- uh, lantern or light I have here, at least to, to provide some more light. I don't know how much this will change but something more a little bit so yeah this happens usually this happened already the other day as well so I don't know how much how long this life will last but at least some moments so so again for some devotees environmental issues political issues social issues may be uh, still if you will perceived as necessary Hmm? okay that was all. <laughs> uh, in their nature, human nature, certain samskaras uh, that take them to feel the need to to, to culture certain sattvic virtues and, 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 and be whole as human beings. But of course, all that should be done in such a way that is... Uh, creating a more favorable ground for our devotional culture. So we should use that, uh, if you will, thermometer, mm, that yardstick to measure how much this engagement, whatever it may be, in the world, is um, not distracting me from my bhakti, my sadhana, my culture. So again, for this, I go again to what my Guru Mara said, and what I mentioned before detachment some distance from the world before trying to enter into the world and and, and transform the world and create a change in the world take a distance and try to first understand the nature of the world because if you just run to the world without understanding what's the world without understanding principles such as samsara karma shristi lila all these foundational concepts that we need to understand maya, shakti if you don't understand how all this operate, you may just run to the world to become trapped in it and not be very able to change nothing for anything for good. Mm. You may just become bewildered by its influence. So that's why sometimes we are advised to take a distance. With this doesn't mean a physical distance. This doesn't mean you have to live in a cave on the mountain. Mm. That's an option, but <laughs> but the distance is in terms of uh, being careful of not being carried away by the waves of this world, which are made of mostly rajas and tamas. There is sattva for sure, but mostly rajas and tamas if we speak in terms of social issues, political issues, so many things, even environmental issues. I mean, so many deep dance influences are there. So we need to keep ourselves sattvic and, and even more from some safe. <clears throat> Perspective, so we can understand the world for what it is, so we can approach it with proper oriental uh, conceptual orientation. In that sense, my gurus will say, try to understand that the world is a problem before before you go to the world. Because if not, you will go to the world and you will find so many problems that need to be solved. That that means that you have not taken the time to first understand the world for what it is, which is this is a problem in itself. In the sense this is something to be solved and to be solved doesn't mean I have to get the whole population of the planet free from samsara because that won't happen that's not what the world is Mm -hmm. Anadi Karma Shristi Lila means the show must go on (laughs) this is going continuously for eternity unlimited number of Jivas unlimited number of universes so yes, the problem has to end for us as an individual to begin with and uh, the more we were able to solve that problem, the more we'll be able to extend that solution to other participants of this Shristi Leela. Mm. So, <coughs> I, was, I will emphasize that. Of course, how that takes form in the life of each devotee, that's a very particular thing, according, again, to each one's Adikar. But we should remain very much uh, aware and thoughtful about how each of my movements are affecting me. For good or for bad, mm? whatever i 'm doing, we should remain like aware of how is this affecting me, how i 'm reacting to that, not just entering into survival mode or automatic mechanical mode and just doing stuff without thinking about which is a result of that, because we are we are after a result, we are after the result pream priogen, so this is not something that will happen just by pressing a button one day and and everything else follows suit automatically no it's a daily daily reassurance re- daily reacceptance of the ideal and that requires mm. inner attention basically where i'm going today where i'm going the day after tomorrow mm. i'm still tomorrow and so on i'm always going in the same direction because sometimes i may got distracted and if I'm not aware that I got distracted, I may continue in that distracted direction for who knows, how, who knows how long. That can happen. And you realize, oh, the last days, hours, minutes, I mean, a short sample of that happens, for example, when the Buddhist chant Japa. You know? To give an example, you are chanting and you are trying to concentrate in Srinam to hear the name, but at some point your mind goes shopping somewhere else. But you, didn't rea- you don't realize that distraction is happening, so you just go with the flow, if you will, and you go and you go and you go and you start to think about so many other things that has not, have nothing to do with your chanting, and maybe 5, 10, 15, hopefully not more, <laughs> minutes have passed, and at one point you realize, I mean, what the hell am i thinking about, and when that happened, and how one thought took me to the other, and that thought took me to the other, and from thing, from praying to Sri Sri Radha Krishna's mercy, I ended up thinking about who knows what. You fill the line with your most embarrassing, embarrassing distractions. <laughs> so my point is, that happened, and you didn't realize that happened. So that you will be, you, we are carried, and for some minutes the distraction took place, or for some hours. So, the same thing can extend for hours, days, weeks, in in another levels maybe, years, (laughs) lifetimes. (laughs) So, we are coming from lifetimes of destruction. That's an important point to acknowledge. Brahmanda, Brahmiti, Kwon. Pagyavan Jiva. But now, we are merciful, we are fortunate Jivas. Because after such a journey, beginningless journey of destruction, (laughs) And distraction, distraction and destruction. <laughs> now we have been able to focus, to properly honor our attention. So, so that's the, 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 the way of counteracting this beginningless distraction. The, the opposite of destruction is attention. So the question is, what I'm doing with my attention?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and, and again, what all these in, in, in involvements, engagements in the world, whatever issues that there may be, even family, or even being in an ashram, or even doing service, in the name of that, sometimes we may just be distracted. So many things can happen. What to speak of nowadays, social media dynamics. That's like a brutal explosion of destruction. I mean, that's totally grotesque. I mean, so easily you can just throw yourself into a bottomless ocean of destruction. So, I mean... We need to, <laughs> to, to really be disciplined as sadhakas. We need to honor our attention. That's the, thing that we, the only thing we have to offer to Krishna, basically, especially now. Offering our attention, offering our focused prayer, our focused practice, our intentional focus, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that takes time and that may, may be difficult, but that's a, a, a very glorious struggle that Krishna will take note of. So, basically that. Hmm? The rest, each one has to ascertain their own duties, basically in this in this life in this world. Hmm? I cannot tell you that you have to. <laughs> you have to. Each of us, not you, Balaram or anyone, but every one of us has to really grow to the point of, of of developing a sensitive way of detecting all these necessities and how all the things are. Hmm? affecting us in one direction or the other. So, I will go to the last question. There may be more, but I think that will be enough for today. It was a, a long day today. Uh, so, Greg is sending one question from UK. Jai Greg, for now. Nice to see you. And uh, he's asking, can you please share a little about the role of acceptance in our practice and daily lives. <clears throat> yes, why not? So, well, I think in part I, I, I say some things in my previous answer, reply, <laughs> because, again, to, to, to acknowledge where you are, to acknowledge your adhikar, is real beauty. I think I I mean I will say something else, but I think that's like the crux, the crux of the whole thing. No, the Bhagavad itself is like uh, inspiring us, pushing us to to embrace this acceptance by saying that's beautiful. No, and we may say no, it's not beautiful. It feels terrible, horrible. To, to, to acknowledge where I am now, to acknowledge this and that particular thing that is going on in my life at present, but I will say, Saguna porikirtita," mm. That's real virtue. That's real beauty. Mm. And to not do that, then the birth continues, that's the opposite of that. Mm. To avoid acceptance, because that's acceptance basically, to avoid acceptance, that's the most ugly thing you could do. And that's paradoxical because we know in this world most of the people generally try to show a face of themselves totally lacking in acceptance, no? but just evading, being evasive to all the things that they have to accept and trying to create a mask mm, that may sh- seem beautiful. And the will say that's the ugliest thing you can do. Even though the whole world will say, How beautiful. And you get the most likes by presenting that particular mask. <laughs> and the opposite, opposite thing, which is, again, not that popular in, in nowadays world, to, to accept your shortcomings, to open yourself to vulnerability and the recognition of certain lackings, or whatever, fears, doubts, in the context of being sincere, in the context of opening our hearts for mercy. Bhagavatam will say, it may not be popular, but... That's real beauty. We are after real beauty. The, the, the material world is not after real beauty. Material existence is all about false sense of beauty. False sense of what is beautiful, what is good for, to show to the world, how I should behave. That's beautiful. That's accepted socially. Blah, blah, blah. But we do not care for that. Mm. Sometimes we may have to make some little show if, you are, if we are working here and there, blah, but we shouldn't. We should have very clear in our heart: we are not about that. Rupa Goswami said, "Gyan, karma, and Our type of bhakti, uttam bhakti, is not covered by karma. And Rupa Goswami, on the commentators' claim, or Rupa Goswami himself also, that that means that even though sometimes the devotee, for some social reasons, have to engage in some particular whatever social ritual or custom. Hmm, so to not be seen as too weird and, and that may go against his practice, internally he knows, I don't care for that. This has nothing to do with my bhakti. So we can apply that same notion to, to nowadays, no? to what, is, what is, it, it is considered socially acceptable, beautiful, good, nice, but in reality represent the ugliest possible thing because they totally lack acceptance of what's go, really going on in our lives. Try to imagine. I mean, what can be more horrible than to be totally evasive to what's going on in your life? To be totally evasive to reality, to give your back to reality. How can that be beautiful? Mm. So the Bhagavatam is saying mm. to ac- to be ac- to accept mm. all that you can accept today. Again, so many things we are expected to accept. But also there are so many lessons to, to go through, so many layers of acceptance. So we cannot swallow the whole cake in one single meal, if you will. <laughs> we will die. It is too much. So whatever I have to accept today, let that happen. I, I want to be available for that. That should be the disposition. Whatever Krishna, Srinam, my sadhana, the sadhus, destiny, wants to show to me today in the context of acceptance, I'm I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, that's the purpose of my day. If my day had passed without any any type of that acceptance, probably I was just engaged in a show of false beauty, Mm. of showing myself as what I'm not. So that means I I didn't take advantage of my day. (laughs) Srila Prabhupada said that nicely. No, he said, at the end of every day, at the night, when the devotee is going to sleep, before falling to sleep, one should think for a minute about one's day. How the day passed? How I conducted myself? He maybe not have used the word acceptance in that point, but this is totally applicable to that. <clears throat> so we can do retrospectively think, how was my acceptance today? How attentive I was connecting with, to the previous reply, attention, and how much alert was I to accept whatever needs to be accepted because that 's a fact that 's there in, in, in the environment. the environment is inviting me to a certain level of acceptance. The point is how much i 'm alert to that, how much i 'm willing to hear that the flute call basically the flute call of Krishna is all about acceptance, and we see how the group is <laughs> Except their acceptance, they rejected everything else for the sake of that only call. Of course, that's a highest example, but that's showing the the ultimate reach of acceptance, where everything else is to be rejected for that whole comprehensive acceptance. And they were they were really attentive to that. They didn't need to make Krishna play the flute for three hours. So okay, let's go. No? Just the, even when the flute is not sounding they are there with him already but somehow because of certain again, external dynamics they behave in a certain way but they do not care for that <laughs> that's the very example that Mahaprabhu gave to Das Swami he said when, when, when he wanted to join Mahaprabhu and, and, Mah, and Mahaprabhu said no, you remain with your family for a while but just act as a as, as, as a, a woman who has a, a male lover <clears throat> she's at home and externally she's engaging in her duties even better than ever so the other ones do not suspect but internally he's totally absorbed she's totally absorbed in her love so this is the same mm-hmm. we are to to, 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 to com- combine our, uh, these two ideas attention and acceptance mm-hmm. so how attentive I am For acceptance, how much I'm thirsty for acceptance, how much do I feel the need for acceptance. Because again, in theory I know, every single day is offering me a new opportunity for embracing a little bit more Krishna's will. Mm -hmm. For embracing a little bit more Saranagati, surrender. For advancing one more step in the ladder towards my ultimate goal. That's the purpose of, of, every, of a new day coming. That's the purpose why the sun is appearing every day. For us Gaudias, that's the main purpose. Of course, we may have some other things to do in the agenda, in our agenda, but all of those things should be done in the context of the main purpose. So that's why we try to engage in sadhana very early in the morning, just to really pound the pose and make fix, this is the purpose of this day and of course, of the next day as well, and so on. And and to be really attentive and willing to receive. That's basically what this is expected from us when we are engaging in our main sadhana, which is chanting. These two things are perfectly combined. Attention and acceptance. That's basically the two things you have to offer in that moment. My Guru Maharaj will say in his own terms, just try to hear the name. Just try to hear the name. In other words, be attentive, but also hearing the name means be open to accept to accept whatever comes from hearing the name. It's not that just hearing the name and nothing happens. Something happens as as long as you are willing to accept that to happen. <laughs> so attention and acceptance, I mean you combine the two of them and you have perfect sadhana basically, perfect chanting, perfect everything. Because that applies to your relationship with others also. Sadhu Sangha. How much attentive you are in your relationship with others, how much aware or conscious you are, how much willing to accept you are to change you know, whatever things come through our relationships. So again, attention and acceptance, that's a that's a new magical formula we are, we have discovered here. <laughs> so thank you, Greg, for for, for the invitation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Ballard from the previous question that made it, these two combine. Of course, so many other ways we can say the same thing with so many other words. But I find this, I mean, it's not my own idea. I'm not trying to coin now this and I, this is my product. But... It, it, it came in a particular way which, which I feel is really it's a, a really nice uh, and user-friendly friendly way to approach our, our practice, you know? which just has to do with the, with the question, you know? our, our daily lives you know? attention and acceptance you know? attention and acceptance you know? and one thing should nourish the other one, one thing shouldn't go against the other we shouldn't be just attentive in such a way that there's no acceptance. Because you can be attentive to things or to some some stuff, but not necessarily be in acceptance of what's actually is being told to you. Hmm. And you may may also say, Yeah, I'm accepting, I'm willing to accept, but how much you are making an effort to be attentive, you no? Know? So there are levels and qualities of all this. So we are to to increase all this on a daily basis so again I hope that helps and I'm seeing that the duration of today's class now is 108 1 hour 8 minutes so I think it's an auspicious moment to to close the curtain here so thank you very much to all of you for your time see you next week hopefully Shri Ki Mahaprabhu Ki Shri Sankirtan Ki Dham Ki Guru Ki Haribo